Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is They Will Kill a True Crime Podcast. I am Courtney Eck. And I'm Sadie Eck. And I'm in a closet. That's not a euphemism. I'm <laughs> not reverting back to heterosexuality. I am recording inside of a closet because I'm in Florida. And this house is big and echoey. And so if it sounds small and echoey <laughs> or <laughs> bangy or clangy, it's because I'm my elbows are running into things. <laughs> A blanket's gonna fall on your head. I know. I, I do have blankets and pillows draped over my head. I don't know how you folks that do that do record in closets do it, but I'm tipping a tiny hat to you right now. And <laughs> enough about my closet. Uh, what do we got tonight, Eck? We have the murder of Kenyatta Bush. Okay. On the morning of September 23, 1992, 17-year-old Kenyatta Bush drove to school after dropping her younger sister off at daycare. At 8.35 a.m., she was spotted by a friend in the halls of North High School in Omaha, Nebraska, but she never made it to her first class that started only five minutes later. What? When she failed to return home later that night, her stepfather, Lafern, drove to her school where he found her car. It was unlocked her school books still inside. He called the police. Mm. When the police started the official search for her the next morning, they didn't find any sign of struggle around her car and learned Kenyatta never attended any classes that day. Kenyatta was nowhere to be found. Ugh, how old is she again? 17. Oh, no. And I didn't find any evidence in the articles about this, but I assume... It did seem like the whole night passed before they started searching for her. So I'm assuming it was sort of like, oh, she'll turn up sort uh, of uh, situation. Right. She's a teen. I mean, my God. I was right. I was nowhere to be found when I was a teenager. Yep. Ten days later, a bicyclist riding down a wooded road north of Omaha near the Missouri River saw a bundle of rugs in a ditch. <laughs> Stopping for a closer look, he was horrified to find human remains wrapped inside. Yep. Police were called and later confirmed the body belonged to Kenyatta. An autopsy showed she suffered three to four stab wounds to her throat, which severed her trachea, larynx, and all of the major blood vessels in her neck. Oh, no, no, no. No. Bruises found on her body were consistent with sexual assault. It was clear to police that she had been murdered in a different location. She was then wrapped in rugs and dumped along the side of the road. Oh, the poor thing. No. They took casts of tire prints found near Kenyatta's body and asked people who frequently traveled along the road to let them know if they'd seen anything suspicious the days following Kenyatta's disappearance. 
Kenyatta was born on March 30th, 1975 in Omaha. Her family called her Bunny and described her as having a wonderful sense of humor. She was the type of person who always spoke her mind and was known as a good student who made the honor roll and was a member of the National Honor Society. She was also on the pom-pom squad and in the marketing club. Mm. Her faith was very important to her. Kenyatta had a large group of friends and had been on the homecoming queen ballot just days before her disappearance. Over 3,000 people attended her funeral. 3,000 people. Wow. Yep. The church was so packed that people had to stand outside to pay their respects. To say Kenyatta was deeply loved is an understatement. Her death was felt throughout the community. Mm. Unfortunately, years would pass without any movement in her case. Police opened a task force dedicated to finding Kenyatta's killer and offered a $15,000 reward for information that would lead to her murderer. They cleared those who knew Kenyatta as suspects and were certain it had to have been a stranger who killed her. There was some worry in the community that there might be a serial killer on the loose, as multiple young women were either missing or murdered in the months surrounding Kenyatta's murder. One woman, 18-year-old Candy Harms, had gone missing just one day before Kenyatta. Candy was last seen around 11.30 p.m. at her boyfriend's house. She needed to get home by her midnight curfew, so said goodbye to her boyfriend, got in her car, and was never seen again. Ugh. It would later be determined that the two cases were not connected, but the similarities were striking. Kenyatta's family worked hard to keep her memory alive, making sure her case wasn't forgotten, and hoping someone would come forward with information that would lead to her killer. Then, in September 1996, just when it seemed like all hope of finding her killer was lost, authorities finally received a huge break when a woman named Barb Olson contacted police to say she thought she might know who was responsible for Kenyatta's murder. Yes. According to Barb, her son-in-law told her that during a party, his friend, 21-year-old Adam Barnett, had told him that he and his friend, 22-year-old Jeremy Sheets, had killed Kenyatta. Mm-hmm. Police needed to cut down on the game of telephone. <laughs> so it's a lot of like, he said this he person told him, and the and this other person. Him. Right. Right. So they asked Barb's daughter to wear a wire the next time she was with Barnett and ask him about his involvement in the murder. During the taped conversation, Barnett admitted to driving the car used in Kenyatta's murder, but said that Sheets was the one that killed her. With this evidence, police arrested Barnett and brought him in for questioning. During questioning, Barnett denied any involvement in the murder and said it was all Sheets. He then asked for a lawyer. After multiple meetings with his lawyer, Barnett agreed to answer more questions as long as his lawyer was present. During this next interview, Barnett told detectives Kenyatta agreed to drive around and smoke marijuana with the two. He also said that he left them alone to go pee, and when he returned, he found Sheets holding Bush down, stabbing her. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Each time detectives interviewed Barnett, they would get a slightly different story with more details. Um, So just a heads up, there's a trigger warning for sexual assault and like some super overt racism. Mm Mm-hmm. He eventually said that he and Sheets had dropped acid the night before Kenyatta went missing. While they hung out, they became angry that black men in their town were dating white women, and they decided to get revenge. They decided to kidnap and rape a black woman. Oh my god. I know. As they drove around, they saw Kenyatta in the parking lot of her school. They both got out of the car and grabbed her, forcing her into the back seat before driving away. 
They took her to Dodge Park and forced her to walk a half mile up a trail to a more remote area. Once there, Barnett held Kenyatta down as Sheets raped her. After the assault, Sheets started punching Kenyatta in the face and then stabbed her with a knife multiple times. You're fucking kidding me. No. Once Kenyatta was dead, they put a garbage bag over her head and then carried her body back to the car and put her in the trunk. They then drove out of the park and decided to dump her body just a few minutes later in a secluded area. Quote, We got out of the car, we looked around to see if there were any other cars coming, and when there weren't, we opened up the trunk of the car. We took her off into the woods. I'm not exactly sure how far we went. I'm not exactly sure how far. We dropped her body. We took the bag off her. We went back to the car. We got back to my house. We cleaned out the trunk the best we could. Burned the bag. Burned the clothes Jeremy had on. We sat down and we talked about what we had just done and how we would never talk about it again. And we haven't. Unbelievable. After he gave his statement, Barnett's attorney negotiated a plea agreement with his prosecutors. Barnett agreed to show authorities the different locations where Kenyatta's rape and murder took place and where they dumped her body. He would also testify against Sheets. In exchange, he would plead to second-degree murder and wanted to go to a different county jail where his crimes weren't as well known. Barnett was worried about retaliation from other inmates because of the racially motivated crime. Prosecutors agreed and told Barnett to call Jeremy Sheets, who was in the Navy and stationed in Brunswick, Maine. Authorities hoped that Barnett could get Sheets to admit to the crime while they recorded the phone conversation. When Barnett called his friend, Sheets acted as if he didn't know what Barnett was talking about and refused to admit anything. When the phone call ended, police, who had been waiting to arrest Sheets, swarmed him and brought the 24-year-old into custody. Yeah. He was held for four days without any explanation as to why he was in jail. He then waived his right for an extradition hearing and voluntarily agreed to be taken back to Nebraska to face the charges against him. Meanwhile, Barnett was frantically trying to recant his story. He even went so far as to call Sheet's wife to tell her he had lied and that his friend was innocent. What? Yep. Sheets sat in jail for four months before being taken to an evidentiary hearing. At the hearing, evidence that Sheets was guilty was to be brought in, but the only evidence the prosecution had was Barnett's confession. But he refused to tell his story during the hearing, so they brought in a police officer instead who testified that Barnett had confessed and had implicated Sheets as the one who had killed Kenyatta. This was all the judge needed to hear to keep Sheets in custody, and he set a trial date. Good, 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 good. Just days after this hearing, on November 14th, 1996, Adam Barnett hung himself in his jail cell. I had a feeling you were going to say that, that fucking coward. Mm -hmm. So usually, when the one witness to a crime is unable to tell his story in court, and there's no other evidence against the defendant to tie him to the crime, the case is dismissed, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. But in Sheets' case, prosecutors picked one of the seven of Barnett's taped confessions to use at trial. You're kidding. What? No. They actually (laughs) are doing it? Yep. And the judge allowed the taped confession into trial, which began in September of 1997. Holy shit. This is unprecedented. I know. I'm so excited about this. 
sounds like a Matthew McConaughey movie. Like, I would be pumping my fist right now. I am, but I can't because I'll punch a wall in the closet. But I'm internally pumping my fist so hard. So during the trial, the prosecution played Barnett's confession in its entirety for the jury. During the recording, Barnett could be heard saying, quote, If it would have been a white girl, I probably would have stopped him. I was thinking she deserved everything she got because she was black. I just seen faces of other people and I thought she deserved it. Oh my God. Oh my God. What is wrong with people? I know. The lead detective testified that some of the details provided by Barnett during his confession could not have been known by the general public. Barnett knew that Kenyatta had been sexually assaulted, that little blood was found on her body, and he knew her exact cause of death. Mm-hmm. Barnett was also able to bring them to the spot where her body had been found. The prosecution admitted that before Barnett's death, he had tried to recant his confession, but presented taped phone calls from jail that Barnett had made to his uncle. During these calls, he said that he and Sheets were responsible for the crime and that he helped Sheets get Kenyatta into the car, that he drug her down the lane, that he had held her down while Sheets raped her. The defense focused heavily on the lack of physical evidence tying Sheets to the crime. They told the jury that Sheets' friendship with Barnett was strained by the time that Barnett gave his confession. It turns out that Sheets had slept with Barnett's girlfriend <gasps> before Barnett was arrested. What? Yeah. You're kidding? No. Don't tell me this isn't going to go a bad way. I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. So Sheets would be the perfect person for Barnett to pin the crime on. Ugh. But he, but he killed himself. He wouldn't have implicated himself and then killed himself. Unless it was girlfriend stuff. Oh, God. Okay. Continue. I'm sorry. Right. Barnett admitted to it, but he was implicating Sheets, who did not kill himself. Right? Right. But I'm saying that Barnett implicated himself in the crime and then killed himself. Right. Yes. So, right. even if you're trying to get back at somebody, you're not going to bring yourself into it and then kill yourself. I mean, I couldn't help himself, maybe like talking about it oh yeah yeah so maybe he did it but then he wanted to also get okay i see what you're saying right yes right the defense also noted all of the inconsistencies in each of barnett's consecutive statements to police after his arrest they also presented evidence that barnett recanted his confession while in jail on several occasions including calling sheets's wife the day before he died by suicide to apologize and admit to her that he had lied about sheets involvement hmm Despite the lack of any physical evidence, the jury found Jeremy Sheets guilty of first-degree murder. Good. (laughs) You said guilty, right? You said guilty. Yes. Yes, they found him guilty. On June 27, 1997, a three-judge sentencing panel came together to determine whether Sheets would be sentenced to life imprisonment or death. In a two-to-one decision, they sentenced him to die by electric chair. What? This, is this a made-up story that you're telling? This is just... I know. It's unbelievable, especially for the time. Right. Yeah. Late 90s. Mm -hmm. And the fact that three people can decide and it doesn't have to be unanimous, it's just really, like, with very little evidence against him. Yeah. it's, It's all very interesting. It is all very interesting. And my bias makes it really interesting in a good way. But then my <laughs> constructive, critical thinking brain says it's interesting in a terrifying way. Uh-huh. Right? 
Yes. Sheets was sent to Nebraska State Penitentiary, where he sat on death row for three years while he awaited the decision on his first appeal. This usually comes back within six months. Mm -hmm. The Supreme Court of Nebraska released their decision on September 15th, 2000. They ruled that the jury should not have been allowed to hear the taped confession of Barnett. Shit. I had a feeling that was going to come back to bite us. Mm Mm-hmm. With no chance of Barnett telling his story to the jury in person, they could not judge his trustworthiness, and it did not give the defense a chance to cross-examine him. Mm. Quote, We determined that the statements made in Barnett's confession do not fall within a firmly rooted hearsay exception or possess particularized guarantees of trustworthiness, which would make cross-examination of marginal utility. Mm-hmm. So meaning if like Barnett had been a super upstanding guy with a clean record, mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe he would f- be considered trustworthy enough to use his taped confession. Right. But, but he was not. a scumbag. Yep. Right. Thus, we conclude that the admission into evidence of Barnett's taped confession violated Sheets' constitutional right to confrontation. Because the taped confession was the primary evidence against Sheets at trial, we conclude that the error was not harmless Accordingly, we reverse and remand for a new trial. Oh, no! (laughs) The Nebraska State Attorney General appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court, hoping they would uphold Sheets' sentence. But in May of 2001, they refused to hear the case. Whoa! Mm -hmm. The Attorney General now had to decide if he would try Sheets' case again, this time without the taped confession, or drop the charges against Sheets and let him go. Did he drop the charges? Without the confession, they had no evidence to tie Sheets to Kenyatta's murder. They had no choice but to let him go. <laughs> oh, no. You build me up to tear me down, Eck. I know. Oh, no. <laughs> On June 13th, 2001, four years after being found guilty, 27-year-old Jeremy Sheets was released from prison. He was the first person in 88 years to be freed from Nebraska's death row. He moved to Colorado where he planned to live with his parents. The prosecutors said they did not plan to retry Sheets or reopen Kenyatta's case. They believed they knew who killed her, but did not have the proof needed to get another conviction. Oh, God. Sheets went on to marry his second wife after his first wife divorced him while he was in prison. And they had five boys together. Oh, no. Five so offspring? Ugh. Five boys. Male offspring? Mm-hmm. Sheets spent his time as a stay-at-home dad and became a member of the Witness to Innocence organization, which educates the public about the death penalty and strives to remove it from the U.S. justice system. He would go to different universities to share his story. Unfortunately, Sheets wasn't able to stay out of trouble and has had a handful of arrests in Colorado, including marijuana possession, drunken driving, and possessing a firearm. Mm-hmm. In December 2008, Sheets was arrested again, this time for, quote, criminal menacing, when he was involved in a road rage incident. Mm-hmm. Uh, a 16-year-old Hispanic girl was in the parking lot of a Safeway grocery store in a suburb of Denver, when Sheets got out of a silver car and walked towards her holding a knife. No. The girl said that he, quote, wagged the knife at her and called her a nasty name. Mm-hmm. While coming within inches of her, Sheets said, 
quote, you talking shit about me, I'm going to stab you. He then got in his car and drove away. The 16-year-old called the police and they managed to find and arrest Sheets quickly. After a brief jury trial, Sheets was found guilty of misdemeanor menacing and was sentenced to three years probation and was ordered to perform 75 hours of community service. God. Not much has been released about Sheets after this. He seems to be staying out of trouble and laying low. Just being one of those quiet style racists, just quietly racist amongst his friends and um, passing it along to his five boys. Right. (laughs) Fuck. So if Kenyatta Bush was still with us today, she would be celebrating her 46th birthday on March 30th. Her family has also stayed quiet since Jeremy Sheets' release from prison. As is so often the case, Kenyatta feels forgotten in all of this. No doubt she's deeply missed every day by those who knew and loved her. No doubt she is. No. So what do you think, Courtney? (laughs) Well, I was like, maybe I've been thinking about this a lot. I mean, I do think about this a lot when we're doing these cases and in an era of extreme, like armchair quarterbacking, web sleuthing, you Mm -hmm. know, trial by social media um i try to be i'm trying to be more careful about you know putting out an opinion (laughs) as fact (laughs) um especially without all the information but it does sound like he's a piece of shit sounds like he's a terrible person right well i don't see so part of the problem for me is that that the lack of information there wasn't a yes. lot about his background. I couldn't, or his character even. He was in the Navy for almost a year before his arrest. But there wasn't, I don't really know. There wasn't a lot of information on Adam Barnett either. So I don't know. I don't know. Well, if he... yeah, I say that because I was like, oh, maybe I should have not said those bad things about him. But then he's like attacking young brown women in parking lots. and Right. I'm sure that wasn't an isolated incident. And so whether or not that means he raped and murdered a black girl for being black, I don't know. You know, I can't say. But I just, growing up where we grew up and being around people like him, I wouldn't put it past him. You know, I don't want Mm -hmm. somebody's life to be ruined and I don't want to make false claims against them but i also really liked the part of the story when they were advocating for this black girl who had been raped and murdered you know and like pushing things forward rather than holding them back that makes me feel happy whether or not that should happen at the expense of someone innocent no that should it shouldn't you know if he truly was innocent then that's i'm glad that yeah, I'm glad that they rolled it back. But it's very complicated. Yeah. Well, I, and it and it all has to do with my own bias. I'm a hundred percent aware of that. You know? Like I right. oh, that is complicated. Yes. It's cool. Well, when I was researching, what I what it struck me was that it to me it seems really clear that Barnett was guilty. Right. He was there, he knew things that only someone there would know he could lead them to her body yeah he had he didn't confess until he had his lawyer present so the chances of him being coerced into the confession like any of that sort of is out the window for me yeah 
but there isn't any evidence that Sheets was actually there. Right. So, so yeah, I think Barnett definitely, definitely was part did of it. it. Yeah. Felt guilty, you know, died by suicide because yep. of it. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I think it's maybe likely that he pinned it on Sheets to get back at him. Right. Because Sheets was sleeping with his wife or he was sleeping with Sheets' wife? Sheets was sleeping with his girlfriend. Right. Yeah. Yep. And so he got into the middle of it and was like, fuck this guy. He's coming down with me. Oh, <laughs> man. I'm reading a novel right now that's about a woman, like, hiring a hitman to kill her husband's mistress. So this is all very close to home. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, and, it, you know, short of just not doing this podcast because I'll forevermore be like, I don't know. I'm going to mm-hmm. withhold my opinion because I will never have enough information. You know, like, that's... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just going to yeah. say uh, my bias says he had something to do with it, but that's not accurate. You know, I can't trust my okay. own personal bias to be accurate on any level because I don't know a single thing about the man. So, right. I mean, I do yeah. think it's good that he was released. I do. I mean, yeah. it, judiciously, yes. there just wasn't, there wasn't evidence and you can't convict somebody off of a one taped confession without the witness present to, testify yeah you know like I, I really do think that that was the right call and they yep. should have thrown out the case to begin with after barnett died yeah he shouldn't have stayed in prison for four years and you're a real son of a bitch because i was actually just thinking today <laughs> that <laughs> that i generally choose crimes that are kind of more cut and dry like clearly this person did it you know yeah, and um, just so that I can like really rally and set my Leo free on that person and be like, fuck him, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> because no. it feels good because I'm a person. And I, I'm just, right. guys, I'm thinking a lot about these things. If you can tell, I'm, I'm just deeply in thought and like contemplating the humanity of human beings. And this one yeah, is it's really complex. Co- yeah. It's fucking with me a little bit. So um, from here on out, we're just doing straight up serial killers and sadists, like <laughs> no. just the worst of the really worst. know they're really bad. So we can <laughs> just be mad at them. <laughs> I know even in the like, you know, so I found this case. I was interested in it. But what I knew was that he had been wrongly convicted or that he, yeah, that he had been let go. Yeah. And so I wasn't really sure where it was going to go. And so I, then I had to go back and look at the details and figure it out. Yeah. And so I, I don't know, you know, I, I was at first like, well, maybe, I don't know. And then yes. And then no. And, mm-hmm. but definitely there wasn't enough evidence to convict him for sure. No, definitely. 100%. Well, and this is a really good case to where, the victim gets lost in the shuffle mm-hmm. of the wrongfully accused and yep. clearly Barnett did it. Clearly he had it out for her and his motive was heinous, like the worst mm-hmm. possible motive. Mm-hmm. And he destroyed this bright, beautiful light. And mm-hmm. then all this other bullshit happens and he further victimizes potentially sheets, definitely Kenyatta. And that mm-hmm. sucks. That really, really mm-hmm. sucks. Yep. Yep really does and you know hard to find details about her it's the same right. story you know you just as soon as they're gone it's like okay mm-hmm. let's just focus on the murderers totally should we write our own yep. 
true crime blurb. Like, should we get that ready? You know, in a lot of podcasts, like, I think Crime Junkie talks about doing a disappearance pack or whatever, like, where you have all of your pertinent information (laughs) (laughs) written down. Totally. Uh, Like your passwords and your credit card info and all that. But then we should also include our blurb for the true crime show that we're going to be featured on. Well, bare minimum, bare minimum, write an obituary. God. (laughs) that's yeah right yeah just put something out there like this is what this person was because i really want to know and it's hard to well get the thesaurus out and fucking dig deep and write your own blurb because i will people just freeze up you know i don't want to be a smile that lighted up the room i don't want to be a fucking you know bright shiny star whatever i want to be exotic i want to be multifaceted I want to be flexible. I don't know, th- whatever, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know, my, my obituary right now would be like, she was pretty nice, like, you know, nice person and super burnt out and um, decent mom. She fed her kids and made them go to bed on time. Okay. <laughs> 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 what was that case where the English mom was like, she, he was pretty good kid. She was all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, yep. Okay. Uh, so I just, be... I have a lot of questions. Sorry. Go ahead. Yes. I want to hear. No, yours. we don't need to talk about my own self. Go ahead. No, I was just like, there's, I have so many questions about this case, like DNA evidence. Yeah. What about the rugs? Yeah. Because the rugs were mentioned in the early articles. Yeah. Like she was found wrapped in rugs and then never mentioned again. Like not in, there's a bunch of court documents and stuff, but never uh-huh. mentioned. So by rugs, did they mean leaves? I don't know. You know, it's like yeah. a lot of questions. Um, but like, could we, could they go back and look at the evidence and maybe find more information to lead to her killer? Was it Sheets? Was it somebody else? I would love to know. I would love to know, too. And I would love to high-five the judge and the prosecutor that were like, let's go ahead and try this. Fuck it. And let's just go ahead, you know? Like, good for you. Good for right. you for being well, like, you high you, know five, you high-five them until it's you. Like, I get mad at you, and then I'm like, she killed somebody, and then I, like, peace out. <laughs> I'm just you know, considering Thailand, this... and they can't... Yeah. <laughs> they can't get me back to testify. I know. <laughs> but considering the circumstances, I high-five them. Considering that it was yeah. a black woman who was raped and murdered in Oklahoma in, you know, the 90s. I just... Nebraska. We're in Nebraska. Oh, Nebraska. I'm sorry. Same, same different. Okay. I'm just kidding. I don't know any... <laughs> I don't know enough about either state to be mean to them. I, I feel like they were advocating for her, and that makes me happy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they definitely were trying to get her, get her some justice for sure. I'm just going to picture that it was a small town court and they all know sheets and they're like, yeah, that some bitch definitely had something to do with this. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you know? yep. Like they knew in their heart and their soul, they knew they had something to do with it. So. Yeah. Um, you want to tell me, I want to hear what your obituary would say. Oh, I'm inarticulate and a little raspy and closet bound. <laughs> <laughs> But not in the homosexual sense. (laughs) 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 Out of the 
closet until her sister made her go back in. I don't know. <laughs> well, turns Get out the closet. Sadie and I recorded a Patreon episode while, while I've, since I've been in Florida and it sounded insane. I went to edit it and it just sounded <laughs> so crazy. fucking insane. And I had to like buy a plug in and to remove the echo and then it took I mean it took me many hours to edit this episode when it doesn't take that much time for me these days so I was determined not to make the same mistake and then I get in my little closet recording studio and realize that I've been I had the microphone turned around I have a <laughs> microphone that you tell it which side of the microphone you're recording from and it zones in on that to remove echo specifically but if you flip it around you dumb dumb <laughs> we just thought it was because the ceilings were tall <laughs> well the ceilings are tall and there is not one single scrap of fabric or like canvas in this entire house there's not a rug <laughs> There are barely blankets. And that is, I'm not kidding. It's really, it's like tile floor is Florida. You know, they're trying to keep it cool. But at the same time, you put a rug down, guys. There isn't (laughs) any art that's not metal. It's weird. (laughs) So so funny. It's a very echoey house. So I just assumed that's what it was. But no, it's just me, inarticulate, technically um, inept, closet bound, Courtney. But hella gorgeous. Oh, yeah. No, you should see me right now. I have a bright red nose. I did not use sunscreen while sitting outside Oh, today. no. <laughs> well, you I forget mean, that that's a thing. Like, when you're in the midst of an Indiana winter, you forget right. that you have yeah. to put sunscreen on your body. Yeah, in Indiana, you sort of, like, you know, transition back into it slowly through spring. The green mm-hmm. stuff comes back. But it turns out, you guys, you can just drive, like, two days and you're in the, the tropics which is so weird <laughs> so you know weird. it's really weird it's great yeah. but it's fucking weird and i was unprepared and now i'm burnt and kind of raggedy <laughs> put that in my obit uh, too <laughs> i will <laughs> i 100 will uh, anything um, we need to talk about yeah these people i got a couple names i think only two but they're good ones all right April showers. <laughs> Wasn't it a dentist? Was it a dentist? I think it was a dentist. I, hope it's it's a... Just, I don't know why that matters, but it's adorable. Because it's Dr. April showers in that case, right? <laughs> DDS, April showers, DDS. Yes. And <laughs> Rusty, oh no, Dusty R. Gooch. Dusty or Gooch. <laughs> Dusty or Gooch. <laughs> Which ties nice, nicely into uh, things you can call the vagina. Dusty or gooch. That's right. If you're me, I'm my obituary. <laughs> Her gooch is pretty dusty, you guys. Raggedy, <laughs> in, inarticulate, dusty. Oh, man. <laughs> um, other than that, oh, did we I, do talk- have, I do have quick, quick uh, corrections, two quick corrections. Um, in my story, Tyler Barris, I mentioned at the end that Andy, who was the victim, that his um, daughter killed herself, but it was her niece. Somebody pointed out that it was his her niece. niece. His niece. I'm sorry. It was his niece, Adelina. Was his, his <laughs> we niece. Have to do another correction. Seriously. Have to correct it. <laughs> and, well, you misgendered Andy in the last episode, so <laughs> dummy. His, yeah, his yes. niece. Adelina was Andy's niece. 
And also, <laughs> I just wrote down in my notes, Canadian police are terrible too. Because <laughs> somebody oh. wrote a really thoughtful and very um, informative email about the history of the Canadian police and sort of their track record. And it's not good mm. either. No. I just happened to get a really good case. So I'm glad I got a really good case. Um, the detective in that case was amazing, but Canada, kind of in the same boat as the U.S., unfortunately. Mm -hmm. If you're looking to, for, to, to escape the Iceland, I don't know, the Netherlands, maybe? Uh, who had, there was that one. Where were those guys from? Do you remember that story about the police officers who visited, I think it was New York City, let's say. I don't really know. Yeah. And somebody was having a freak out on the subway. I don't remember any of the details. This is a very good story. Great story. Keep it but up. He was having some sort of like mental break or attacking people or something was happening on the subway. And these three or four police officers from the oh, Netherlands. Yeah. I don't know. Right. Do you remember that story? Vaguely. They, they like calmed him down and Vaguely. controlled the situation until the police could come. Right. Um, like gave him water and things like didn't kill him. What a fucking concept. Finland, maybe? I don't know. Does yeah, any... somewhere over there. Yeah. Cyprus. Do any of our listeners have countries that have functioning humane police, police forces. forces in general? Yeah. Hey, let us know. Please. So we can all move there. Anyway. Anyway. Sorry. Sorry, Canadians. That <sighs> Sorry, everyone who is like... Build up... <laughs> packing their bags and now they're like son of a bitch there's picture of them with their duffel bags like taking their little underwears out and putting them back in the drawer <laughs> totally gotta stay I here know. just kidding. i mean really... i don't like that whole like i'm out of here thing i don't I, I don't really mean that i don't really mean i want to leave the united states i want to stay and uh, make it better i believe in this country i believe in these people for better or for worse yeah, I would have 100% packed up my family and fled to Canada if Trump had been reelected. Yeah. I'm not joking. I really was like, I've got to figure out an exit strategy here. Well, I hate to no, say sorry it. To be that person. We're, we're the world superpower, so there's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to hide. we got to stick around and make it better. I know. It's just... Well, if I can just like punt my children over the border, I'm willing to <laughs> stay back and help help like fix this and stuff but i gotta yeah. get i gotta get my children to safety where they can like have health care and stuff that or you can stay we don't have we it and we we voted for biden and things are <laughs> no i know remotely I know. better yes just to yes bring you yeah. back on the timeline where he did win i know i know we do have i think about it all that the we time. do have a chance yeah yeah i still watch c-span for <laughs> fun mm -hmm. and uh was watching it this today and was just like oh my god I, you know like I know. Geez, Louise I just I know. what a difference a month makes <laughs> you're not kidding oh my god it's only been a month that is wild um <laughs> I have one shout out let's shout one it one shouty out um this is our patreon supporters we love all of you uh, thank you so much to Sheena R. Come on, Sheena R. With the name like Sheena. Yeah, there's nothing, to, yeah. there's really nothing to say about it except for good for you. Congratulations. Welcome to having one of the best names and nobody can fuck with you. And you can do any job you want and it will always sound cool that your name is Sheena. Yeah. Literally I any totally job. I agree. 
you know? Can you think yes. of a job where you were, if you were a Sheena, people wouldn't be like, yes. Teacher. Uh, awesome. No. Doctor. Awesome. Anything. M- movie yes. star. Rock star. You would never have to change your name. It would always be appropriate and always like give you a little bit more. Edge. Yeah. A boost. Cachet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Definitely make more money because you have an amazing No, I meant like cachet as in like, <laughs> but also cachet as in dollar bills. <laughs> oh, ooh, that reminds me not to get off of Amazing Sheena, who we love so much. Yeah. But guess what happened to me the other, got- yesterday, I think it was. You found $28 in I your pocket. I was in the kitchen. No, I was in the kitchen and I was standing by the trash can and my husband was cleaning the kitchen and he said, hey, could you get the garbage for me? It's getting pretty full. Can you believe that shit? No. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he was like, could you grab the garbage? The garbage, the garbage. And I was like, mm-hmm. that damn dumb? it. And we he doesn't totally listen. say it. He, maybe no, Ryan. he doesn't listen to the podcast. I said, Did, "Have you been listening to the podcast?" He said, "No." I said, "Okay." I didn't even <laughs> I didn't even talk about it. I was like, oh, "I'm sure I say it, and I just don't even know it." We do, we do say it. We can't <laughs> yeah. help ourselves. We no. say it because Ryan is just not that. If you met him and had a conversation with him, and then I said, "Has Ryan ever said?" the word garbage no 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 he'd be like no never Mm -hmm. he does okay sub question for me sub question is it just a white person thing probably right tell us i don't can anyone please 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 let us know yes i feel like it's probably a white thing but for sure i'd be really curious to know if that's like cross-cultural Right. Mom, well, mom no language. <laughs> also, like, de- you know, no Gen Z, young millennials, they're not saying garbage. No, because you have to be over the age of, like, 35. <laughs> oh, right. We or, or, yes. Yes. Once you reach, if you're over the age of 35, you just start saying it. Mm-hmm. Oh, so my God. Sad. Yeah. Time is so. a flat circle. That's all there is to it. <laughs> you're going to be saying garbage before you know it. I'm so sorry oh, to I'm say. Sh- I really do think I say it and I just don't even realize it because that's how it works. Yeah. It's hereditary. <laughs> yep. It is. All right. Should we let these people go? <laughs> just picturing cave cave people like altering their symbols <laughs> slightly. <laughs> <laughs> anthropologists are like i I could be wrong but i'm pretty sure that says garbage it's interesting it said garbage and then now it says garbage yes this family lived in this cave and we followed the the youngest child and it just they made the transition at one point we can't quite figure it out anyway um please come find us on instagram twitter or facebook at they will kill you can check out our website, theywillkill.com, and you can go to Apple Podcasts <laughs> and review <laughs> us and rate us, and we will be so happy about it. That's right. Please do that. Uh, thank you to AJ Bergantz for your music. Thank you so much. I got a video from Sandra, mother of these twins that I love, AJ's wife. She's, no, I should say Sandra's husband. AJ. Yes. Yes. Of the babies 
Irish dancing to like river dancing to Irish music. <laughs> so cute. Oh my god. So, so cute. anyway, we're not going to sue you today, AJ. No, but um, River Dance might I might submit that to River Dance and they might sue you for uh, copyright yes. infringement. Hopefully, you did not hopefully. license that song. I'm positive of it before you <laughs> put your babies on the ground, let them wiggle their little feet to it and sent it out to the to the general public. To me, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> to your like 7 to 12 family members. Listen. Um <laughs> I feel, feel like we're forgetting something. And remember? And remember? I don't know. But that's it. Just remember that you don't know shit. Nobody knows anything. Yeah. No. And the more, the more don't, you, know you definitely that you don't, don't know, <laughs> the better off yep. you And if Sadie's going to tell you a true crime story and you think you know, you probably don't know. And then I feel bad about it later. <laughs> I No, you don't need to feel bad. You just need to, like, challenge me. It's good. It's good to be challenged. Challenge these people. They're, they're getting rested uh, oh, on their laurels. They need to get afraid. They need to get sharp with <laughs> Thank you so so much much. for listening. Yes, big time. We love you and goodbye. 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 Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.